This is a Soulfire production. Well, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to the Simply Be podcast. I am your host, Jessica Zweig, and I am just so happy to have you, as always, every single week on this show. The show has become one of the jewels of my life, and I hope it's become one of the jewels of yours. This is a place where we talk about, at, at the core, authenticity, right? And how that comes to life in your business, in your brand, in your platform, but also in your life, in your in your soul, in who you are being on this planet, not just what you are here to do. I am the founder and CEO of the Simply Be Agency. We are one of the top ranked personal branding companies in the world. We've served close to a thousand clients and two offices, Chicago, Nashville, a best-selling book that I'm going to talk about today, a workbook. I'm also going to talk about that today, this podcast, a, a team of 25 people that I built in less than six and a half years. And you know, my story, if you've been following me for quite some time, you know that it wasn't always this quote unquote sparkly and successful, quote unquote. I actually had a long chapter of my journey, many chapters of my journey, frankly, where I was completely out of alignment, where I was not truly being myself, where I had a lot of inner darkness and demons that I wasn't facing. And as a result, on the outside, my life was a mess, (laughs) of course. It was filled and riddled with a lot of financial scarcity, true financial scarcity. I went broke at 33, toxic relationships, both in my personal and professional life, a ton of anxiety and panic attacks and just mental unrest and sickness and physical sickness. I was struggling with an autoimmune disease for the majority of my late 20s and early 30s because my body knew I was so out of alignment. And so when I took the deep journey within, which I talk about often on this show, and really stepped into the spiritual path of knowing my true light in this world and what I'm really here to do, which at the time wasn't that. I was running a magazine. I was a little socialite running all over Chicago, thinking I was special because I could get in into any nightclub I wanted, skip the line, blah, 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 drinking all the time partying and just attempting to be seen, everything in my life that really mattered stopped working. And so the second I turned my focus within to understand not just what I'm here to do, but who am I here to be? Not just what am I here to get, but what am I here to give? And really spent time with those questions. And I mean years working on myself, picking up meditation, understanding different spiritual modalities, diving deep into therapy and coaching, exploring plant medicine, traveling by myself and getting into nature often, going to sacred sites. That truly, my friends, is when my business shifted. That's when my life changed. And I went from this one woman, insecure, financially unstable, not much of a platform, business, quote unquote, to now this multi-seven figure internationally recognized number one best-selling author, one of the top ranked podcasts on Apple. None of that could have happened unless I got really clear on who I was truly born to be 
and to step into that and to own that and to embody that unapologetically out loud that my world changed so much that I had to take other people along that journey with me and help other people do the same through helping them with their personal brands inside my agency, helping people through this podcast with my weekly shows, getting on social media and being as educational and inspirational and vulnerable as possible. And ultimately, I think one of the greatest things that I could have ever chosen to do, I think my higher self helped me choose this part of my journey was write a book. And if you're listening to this show in real time, you know that every month on the Simply Be podcast in a 30 to 31, sometimes 28 day container, we focus on a singular intention and topic. So if you're listening to this in November of 2023, you can listen to this podcast at any time and it'll be relevant because space and time don't exist and these topics are infinitely relevant. But we are focusing on what the personal brand superhighways really are. And when I say superhighways, the slingshots, the the rocket ships, the things that you can choose to do to take you from zero to 60 or zero zero to 6,000, frankly, in a moment. Those things have been TEDx. We had my friend Ashley Stahl on the podcast talking about the power of what the TEDx stage can do for your notoriety, your visibility, your bottom line, your revenue, your opportunities, your expertise in the market and how you're perceived and your reach. We're talking to my friend Patrice Pulzer this month, who is a former producer of the Today Show and what a big national TV segment can do for you. We talked to my dear client, Lorette Rondonet, who is just killing the game across all the cylinders of her platform, podcast, website, newsletter, social media, speaking engagements. But the biggest superhighway that she took that we all need to take to accelerate the game in the first place is just stop giving a shit what people think of you and step into the light. That's one of the biggest activators you'll ever take in your life, let alone your business. And today I want to talk about my personal favorite superhighway because it's so close to me and it's changed my whole freaking life. And that was publishing a book. And today I want to take you inside not just why a book is a superhighway. I'll get there. But actually, how to become an author, how to bring a book into fruition and bring it into the market and to really understand the process, because I think it's a very big black box to become an author and publish a book. And I just really want to break it down for you today. I want to give you the the tactical goods so that you can take from this episode what makes sense to you. There's a couple of different directions you can go in. You can get a publishing deal, the traditional route. That's quote unquote called the traditional route, which I've done. I've done it twice. I have another book coming out next summer, both with big publishers, or you can self-publish. And I'll talk a little bit about that because I'm also a self-published author because I self-published our workbook, the B workbook, which is the follow-up companion workbook to my book B. So let's break it down because I feel like this is something that I just, I so innately know in my bones and I want to give it to you all. So let's just get into it. I want to start by saying, I want to harken back to a little tiny moment that I haven't actually shared on this podcast at all. I think I shared it with some of my closest friends. So earlier this year, speaking of my second book, 
I went to Costa Rica. I've talked about it on my podcast. I took about a month long writing sabbatical in May of just this year in 23 to finish my new book that's coming out next summer. And I get on the plane, I fly to Costa Rica, I land at the airport, I go to customs. And at customs, they ask you, you know, how long are you there for? And what's your reason for traveling? Is it business or pleasure? And what do you do for a living? That's what they asked, at least at the Costa Rica airport in San Jose. And when they asked me that question at customs, it just blurted out. I didn't even consciously think about it. I looked at this woman behind the customs desk and I said, I'm a writer. I didn't say I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't say I'm a CEO. I didn't say I'm in marketing. It just in a nanosecond flew out of my mouth. Like I'm a writer. And so my first step in getting on the superhighway called being an author and publishing a book and launching it and letting it change your life is to first identify as an author, is to identify as a writer of a book. That is a journey that I've, I, in many ways, still am on. You know, I, I identify myself as the CEO and founder of Simply Be more often than I say I'm an author. But in that moment, I could cry thinking about it. I, cr- I cried the second I walked away from that desk. I was like, I'm a fucking writer. That's really what I am. I'm an artist. I'm a creative. And writing is my art. And so that's just step one. If you're going to step on the journey to publish a book, you, my friend, first have to own that this is who you are, not just what you do. Okay, so step one. Now let's break down the traditional versus self-publishing path for nonfiction books. Now, if you write a fiction book, it's a very different journey. In the traditional publishing world, if you write a fiction book, you actually write the entire manuscript and submit that to publishers. But the nonfiction world is completely different. I'm going to start with the traditional publishing path before I talk about self-publishing because frankly, I know a lot more about the traditional path and have a lot more to say about it because I've now done this twice. So the very first thing, if you were to go get a book deal, you need an agent traditionally. And now I know there's unicorn stories out there of people who skipped that part and publishers came to them and they just went right to the source and wrote their book. That is very rare. That is not the path that I would recommend you expect to take and hope for the best. But if you really want to create your own destiny, (laughs) the path to getting a pub deal is by getting a literary agent first who represents you and pitches your book in front of multiple publishers so that you can get the best deal, which is what you deserve and what we all want. And so in order to get a literary agent, you have to write a book proposal. A book proposal is not the same thing as writing the book. There is something deeply relieving, actually, about being a nonfiction author and going down this path, coming up with your book idea, and not having to actually write the whole thing until you get the the advance and the offer and get paid to go write it. It's what's really, really nice about the publishing industry. There's a lot of things about the publishing industry that are not so nice, which I'll talk about, but here to help you guys go into this eyes wide open. So... A book proposal is literally like a business plan for your book. So it's divided into a couple sections. It starts with the overview. So it's the summary of your entire book concept, what you're going to be positioning yourself for, who you're talking to, 
all in the very first few pages of the document. Traditionally, this is the only thing an agent is going to read. They're not going to read your whole book proposal. Okay, just putting that out there. So your overview is really important to get right. Now, what's cool about the overview and also tricky about the overview is that it's ideally the last thing that you write once you've done the rest of the proposal so that you can really encapsulate and refine what the whole book is about in those first two pages or a couple pages. That's kind of hard to do at the beginning. You kind of have to go through the whole proposal process and writing that to, to come back to the overview and get that spot on. So the overview is what opens it. Then you're going to introduce who your book is for. So it's an audience analysis, breaking down ideally three core segments of the market that you're trying to reach, what their pain points are, some data and statistics around this demographic, what other platforms, thought leaders, authors, publications they're following. The audience analysis is is not just important in the book proposal process for the publishers, but honestly for you to set you up to market this book strategically. Then there's a section in your book proposal called competitive titles, where you have to do research on about four or five other books that are similar but different that have all come out in the last year that have ideally done well, that demonstrate to the publisher that your book is going to be a hot commodity because these books have done well and there's clearly a demand for this kind of material. But here's how yours is different. And you define that in the competitive titles section. Then you write your author bio. And it's not just, hey, here's my accolades and my my story. It's why are you the person to write this book? What makes you credible? Not just on a, on a resume and on your platform, but as a human being. What have you been through? Why are you writing this book right now at this stage in your life? That's all what's intended to be communicated in the author bio. Then you get to what I call my favorite part, which is the marketing plan, which shows to the publisher, here's how I'm going to market this book. Because side note, and an important one, whether you publish a book with a traditional publisher or you go the self-publishing route, the only person that is responsible for marketing and ultimately selling your book is you. Publishers bring some things to the table, but they don't bring it all. And you as the author are your number one publicist, marketing vehicle, advertising engine, spokesperson, salesperson. So in the marketing plan section of the book proposal, it's critical that you really map out your strategy. And I will say that I got a six-figure book deal for my first book, B. As a first-time author, I had four offers. I went to auction, which is a you know what they call a feather in your cap, I guess, as a, as a first-time author or any author when your book goes to auction. And my book was... My book is amazing. My book concept was strong. It got stronger in the writing process. The proposal was decent enough for me to you know, get in the door. And I also have a decent sized platform, which they also look at, which we'll talk about. But I really believe that it was my marketing plan that was very comprehensive that demonstrated to the publisher, I'm going to sell this book. So you can invest in me and I'm going to put 150,000% into selling this book to the market because I know exactly what I'm doing. And so the marketing plan sort of walks through pre-launch activities, how you're going to generate buzz, how you're going to engage with influencers, how you're going to get yourself on press, what that three-month window of launch looks like, how you're going to really capitalize on that moment once the book is in the market. And then the long tail six months to 12 months post-pub, yeah, it's a marathon to continue to drive book sales because you don't want your book to just be a flash in the pan and have one big sexy launch. You want it to be a book that people buy forever, right? And create some 
you know, flywheel and tailwind with that launch by keeping up with communicating and promoting it, you know, far beyond launch date. So that's the marketing plan, high level, kind of what you want to demonstrate. And then you get into the, what's the what of the book? Okay. We haven't even talked about the content yet. This is the proposal. And in the proposal, it's really interesting because you set out the table of contents and then each chapter, you don't write the chapters. You write what's called a chapter summary. It's a page, page and a half long each. And for me, this was really challenging because this wasn't a little snippet of the chapter or a little, you know, boiled down version of the chapter. It was, here's what the chapter is going to be about. It's very meta. It's like writing about what you're going to write about. And in each chapter overview, you have to really hammer home what is in it for the reader. What's the takeaway? What is the purpose of this chapter for the reader? Meanwhile, you're stringing together, you know, one through 20 or one through 15 or one through 35 chapters of a book that all needs to have an arc and connect and be cohesive and make sense, have a clear beginning, middle and end through these chapter overviews. And then you write sample chapters. You typically write two or three fully fleshed out sample chapters. Woo, that's the book proposal. And if I'm going to be honest, my friends, writing the book proposal is far more challenging than writing the book. You have to bend your brain to really understand what can you write 50 to 60,000 words about and how are you going to structure it in a presentation where you're not writing the book yet, but you're telling someone, i.e. an agent or a publisher in detail, how you're going to do it. Yeah. So it's really an intense part of the process, but it sets you up once you get that book deal, which I'll explain in a second how you get there, for you to just sit down and essentially flesh out your own outline. I have found in the two books that I've written, the book proposals took me twice as long. They were twice as hard, wanting to rip out my hair and throw my computer against the wall hard. And by the time I got to the book writing process, not to say that that's a breeze either, that's a huge lift, but I knew where I was going. I had a clear roadmap, a blueprint to help me just sit down and write what I said I was going to write about. So sticking on the traditional publishing route before we get to self-publishing, you finish the book proposal, then you write a query letter. And this essentially positions your book proposal very clearly to an agent. Fun pro tip, hack. What I did is I went to find my agent instead of Googling agents, literary agents in my genre or whatever. What I did is I picked up about 10, 15 books of my favorite authors. I looked at Lori Harder. I looked at Gabby Bernstein. I looked at Daniela Port. I looked at Marianne Williamson. I looked at all the women and thought leaders that I aspire to be amongst. And I went to their books and I went to the back of their books and I opened up their acknowledgement pages and everyone thanks their agent and their acknowledgements. So this is like ninja shit. I can't take credit for this. My dear friend, Rhea Fry, who I'm going to link to in this episode, her business, she's amazing. She's my Sherpa and has helped me with this whole process. And much of what I've learned, I've learned from her. And now I get to come on and teach it myself. But she taught me this hack. And that's what I did. And I literally went through 10, 15 books, found my top agents and searched their literary agents and Googled their names, found their emails, and I pitched my book. And I got my 
number one choice of an agent right away. Now, let me tell you another fun fact and secret. Lori Harder is a dear friend of mine. And I saw that my top agent had also repped Lori's book, A Tribe Called Bliss. And I DM'd Lori on Instagram. We had actually just become friends. I didn't fully know her as well as I do now. And she was on my podcast and I just figured, you know, it was an in. And I DM'd her on Instagram and I was like, hey girl, I'm about to go pitch this agent. Can I drop your name that we're friends? And she's, you know how you can see when people read your message, it says seen on, on DM. And she didn't respond for like 10 hours. And I was like, holy shit, fuck me. That was too big of an ass. You're such an asshole, Jessica. That was so overextended. And it turns out she was just probably busy. And she finally wrote me back and she was like, oh my God, girl, of course. Good luck. Use my name. Lori's the light. Lori's pure angel and the real deal. And so I, I dropped her name in the subject line of the email. I said, Lori Harder sent me, you know, he, you know, presenting my book B, you know, by Jessica Zweig. And this agent wrote me back right away. I was like, oh my God, I love Lori. And I only share that story to say to you guys, like leverage your connections. If you don't ask for it, you're never going to get it. And that was really, I, to this day, I thank Lori Harder and my acknowledgements of B for the assist that she threw me to slam dunk that, that agent. So my agent takes me on. She refines your book proposal to get it even more tight for publishers. And then she submitted me to about 30 different publishers. 30. I got 26 no's. <laughs> I got four yeses. And my book went to auction and I published B. And I'll explain that journey. I want to also say that my last book, I'm still with my agent. I love her. We've created a beautiful relationship. It's really important to find an agent that believes in you, that is a champion of your career as an author. And I'm blessed that she is that for me. And so for my second book, because I'd already published a book, she didn't need to cast such a huge wide net to all of the publishers, you know, small and large. She just went for the big 10. And I got seven no's and three yeses. One of them was from my former publisher. My, they wanted my book again and I got a boutique offer and then I got one with St. Martin's Press, St. Martin's Essentials. And that's why I decided to go with because they're just more in alignment with the message of this new book that I'm publishing, which is far more about spirituality than it is about business. And I just wanted to follow my gut on that. But just sharing all of that to say that there's a windy path to this journey and the publishing world is is really what you make of it. In a lot of ways, you are in control. That was one thing that really struck me when I got on all these calls with all these publishers over these last two books. You think you're pitching your book to them, like, please pick me, please pick me. When they're the ones saying, please pick me, please pick me. Let me tell you how amazing our publishing house is. Let me tell you about our marketing team and our sales team and our publicity team and all the ways we're going to help you launch this book. And they are really wanting you to choose them. It's a complete role reversal of what you think it is. And so that's how you get a publishing deal. I'm going to talk about launch and what it does to change your life and why it's a superhighway in a minute. I did want to briefly touch upon self-publishing because I self-published my workbook. I'm holding it in my hands. So I am not as well-versed in self-publishing as many other people, I guess, could be. But I went down the route of publishing it through KDP, which is on Amazon. You guys, it was so easy. <laughs> we wrote the book. We designed the book in PDF according to standards of book design. You upload it, like click a button in the back of Amazon KDP uh, system. And 
you get a sample copy, like a sample specimen sent to you. So you can adjust margins, make sure the color is right. You choose your quality of paper, the weight of the paper. All of this, by the way, impacts price of the book. So I charge $20 for my book on Amazon. I set that price and I make about $7 a book. I could have gone way less quality and made a bigger margin. I could have gone even higher in quality and made a smaller margin. That's the way the self-publishing, at least on KDP works. It's really, really simple. In your book, once you push it live, you've approved it. It's in your Amazon shop and you can start marketing your book. Because I had such a great foundation for the book B with my original readership, the workbook sort of sold itself. I did a big launch at the beginning of the year made a ton of noise around it. It sold thousands of copies. KDP slash Amazon sends me money every month. And the thing about getting a book deal, which I'll get back to versus self-publishing, self-publishing, you really do have all the financial upside. Now, I work with a team right at Simply B that helped me design it. I didn't have to pay for that. That I, I wrote it, right? I, I created the whole you know experience of the book. Many people will hire a company to help them write it, design it, go through the self-publishing process of distribution. That does cost some money. It can definitely be an investment. But as the author, the entire upside of this book sale, the unique unit per book is basically cash in your pocket, right? So you have a lot more financial upside when you self-publish because you're you're really in control. And, and certain authors don't spend any money, just do it all themselves, create it, put it up onto a self-publishing platform and start selling and they start just collecting money. On the flip side with the traditional publishing path, you get an advance. They pay you money. So here's what I'll say about publishing a book with a traditional publisher. There's three main benefits. One is they give you an advance. Okay, so you have money in your pocket right away to market the book. By the way, I spent my entire six-figure advance on getting my book launched, hired a publicist, spent money on a tour, did ads, it all just completely went back into my launch. The second thing a publisher does is takes off the headache of distributing your book into bookstores. So many self-published authors have to do all of that themselves. I went through KDP, which is exclusively through Amazon. You can't buy the workbook at Barnes and Noble or indie bookshops or Target. That was what I chose to do since most people buy their books on Amazon and that was a clear choice. But with a traditional publisher, they help distribute your book nationwide into all the stores. And so I wanted to have a further reach with my first hard copy book. So that was a huge reason why I went with a traditional publisher. And the third reason is because of the credibility that it gives you. To say that you were published with a house definitely can set you apart as a thought leader. That's not to say that people who have self-published books Danielle Laporte is an amazing example. She's a dear friend. She's a former client. She's been on my podcast. She self-published the Desire Map. By the way, Sounds True ended up picking it up. That was actually my publisher with B. We share a publisher after she had launched it and had done so well. And she did a deal with them to help her distribute it further. But she self-published White Hot Truth, right? Danielle Laporte, in my opinion, is one of the biggest aspirational thought leaders in female entrepreneurship and consciousness and spirituality in the world. And she self-published her own book. So I share that just to say there really is no right or wrong direction. It's completely up to you. Now, you get the deal, fine. You decide to go the self-publishing route. 
you've got to write the book. I've talked about what that experience is like writing a book. I actually will link the podcast I recorded at the end of my Costa Rican sabbatical, which I published in May. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes so that you can go really hear the creative, messy process of writing a book. I think that would be a really great use of your time if this is something that you're desiring to do. So I won't go into the the unpacking of the mess that is writing a book, but also the beautiful, brilliant, creative experience of writing a book. What I really want to talk about now is how you launch the book, because that is what makes it a super highway. Getting your book effectively out into the market is a game changer. It puts you in a different stratosphere. You are able to leverage that book for speaking engagements and talks, for bigger client contracts, for podcast interviews, for press and media. And at the end of the day, you guys, it helps you just simply reach more people because you take thousands and thousands of dollars of your expertise, the decades and decades of knowledge and experience, and you boil it down into a packaged product for $25, $30, $19. The ability to reach people across the world, you can't do that in any other medium in such a deep, thorough way like a book can. And I really... I'm really so glad I did it. It was such a huge journey. And this next one is a long journey too, but it's so worth it because you become intimately connected with so many new people professionally and personally through the power of a book. So my book launch strategy was insane. I launched it during COVID and I call it like the 16 legged octopus. Like we tried everything and most of it worked. I went on a massive podcast tour. I really believe that the new book tour is a podcast tour. I probably did a hundred podcasts the year my book went out. I did a virtual tour, like a book tour where I, this was during COVID, where I set up seven virtual events with different thought leaders. We connected these events to bookstores. You had to buy a book to attend. I had my friend Saadi Simone come on. We did an ecstatic dance party. I had my friend Elizabeth April come on. We did a channeling. I had my friend Tara Stiles come on one night. We did a yoga class. So I really got creative with these events to give people an incentive to not just buy a book, but to come and hear a talk and experience something really special. So that was a really amazing part of the strategy. I reached out to a ton of organizations, corporate clients, non-for-profits, women's groups. And I said, hey, you buy a bulk order of my books, 50 books, 100 books, 500 books, I'll come in and speak for free. And I did that about 20, 30 times. And it was a huge way to get my book into other people's hands. I was hardcore on social media. I published content seven days a week, 24-7. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm telling you guys, it's what it required. I was so tired. I took a month-long Instagram break after that whole year and a half, but it worked. I grew thousands of followers on Instagram. I showed up for my community. I talked about my book. I came up with different unique ways to tell the story of the value of what was in the book all the time. So I really pushed hard on social media for a good year so that everyone who saw me on social was like, oh, she wrote that book. That that I made sure the cover was always visible on my grid, the nine tiles at least once. I really was super consistent and intentional with my social media presence. Another huge tactic that I did, and I partnered with my publisher on this, but you should do this regardless, whether you go the traditional or self-publishing route, is I identified about 100 influencers 
people that I really respect, people that I know, some people that I don't know. I asked friends, who else do you know that would like my book? And I put together an advanced reader copy list of all of these influencers. I got their home addresses. I took the top 50 and I gave them all beautiful gifts and Instagrammable, shareable content to go with the book when they opened up the package so that they would feel more compelled to share it. That was an enormous push that got my book so much exposure through other people's channels. And the final point I want to make, and again, this is for however you launch a book, no opportunity that I got to put my book in front of people was too small for me. I worked with an amazing publicist during that launch. Shout out to Sarah Hall. She's based in New York. She was my publicist for that entire year. And she told me, they got me on a ton of TV shows. I did a ton of regional TV, like Good Morning Cincinnati and Happy you know, happy day, San Antonio and like Miami and Rhode Island and Vegas. And I mean, I I did some bigger TV, but I also did a lot of smaller segments in smaller markets, I should say. I also got opportunities to go in and speak to very small niche audiences on podcasts, podcasts I'd never heard of. I was invited into mastermind groups with like six or seven women in them to talk about my book. I, I did it. That mastermind host bought six copies for her group. And I remember Sarah, my publicist, saying to me just how wonderful it was to work with me because I said yes to everything. Nothing was, I wasn't above anything. And now that was a choice, right? I was a yes woman during my book launch, but it paid off in such huge dividends because it all compounded. It was an amalgamation of awareness and touch points throughout the country during that launch. And we reached number one in women in business on Amazon for like two weeks. I kicked off Rachel Hollis. She was number one in women in business for like years. And there was a few days where I was number one and she was number two. My book sold huge. And I'm giving you all of these anecdotes. Hopefully you're taking notes. But what I really, really want to communicate in this episode and why this whole journey from ideation, actually before ideation, to accepting and owning that you are a writer, to putting pen to paper, to write your book, to either full stop self-publish it like I did with my workbook or go after a traditional publishing deal and write the proposal, get the agent, go through submitting it to publishers, getting the book deal, writing the book, then launching the book. Holy moly, it's exhausting. I know so much, so much goes into this process, but it changes everything. It's so worth it. I will tell you that I have some of my biggest mentors and aspirations and and gurus and idols and role models are my friends and peers today, like Marion Williamson and Daniel Laporte and Michael Beckwith. I would say that it impacts your business. It's not even so much about, you know, the street cred and the relationships, although that's huge. My business, the year I launched my book, doubled. As a nonfiction author, your book is simply the brochure, the $25 invitation to step into the house called your business that gives people a deeper understanding as to why they should work with you, why they should follow you, why they should sign up for your programs, why they should invest in your business. I went from nine people in the beginning of 21, in January of 21, my book came out in February of 21. By December of 21, 
I had 22 people. That's how much business the book generated. And it was me out there on the road being the spokesperson. Like I said at the beginning, you are your only and best publicist, marketer, salesperson for your own book, no matter what you do. And it absolutely grew our revenue. I mean, part of the reason why I believe I made the Inc. 5000 list this year as one of the fastest growing companies in America, hands down, my book helped generate that growth. Probably the biggest thing. Number one, we went from six, maybe six or seven hand raisers a week of people wanting to hire Simply B to 20 a day. It was kind of nuts and shit broke and it was really chaotic and I hit burnout. That's a whole other podcast. But it was so amazing at the same time to have that influx of scale. And we've come out on the other side, a stronger, more profitable, more abundant business because of it. And that's why I think it's not only one of the greatest super highways out there in the personal branding space, but my personal favorite. And the last thing I want to say as to why is not just because I have BFFs now like Marion Williamson and because I made a lot more money from my book. Truly, it's not it. The reason why it's my favorite superhighway is because I know my book has helped people. I know my book has changed so many lives, so many people's brands, so many people's businesses. This next book that I'm writing, I'm going to have a pretty comprehensive launch strategy. Just you wait. It's coming next year. And while I'd love to, you know, reach number one and, you know, have it impact my business and open up my doors to new relationships with new people that I love and respect that I want to be alongside. Sure. I actually care so much less about that this time around. This next book that I'm writing, if B was my business in a book, this next book is my soul in a book. And I just want as many people to read it as possible because I believe in it. And I know it's going to deeply and profoundly awaken and activate my readers and help them remember who they really are. And to me, that is the nectar. That is the sweetest, sweetest part of writing a book is knowing that your life story, your words have been consumed by someone else and it shifted their life and perspective on themselves. That's the reward. And I have to say, it took me going through the two years of book proposal to book deal, to book writing, to book launch, to post launch. And I got really caught up in all of the things to come out on the other side to recall why I really wrote it. And I don't know that's kind of a vulnerable thing to say, but it's true. And I just can't wait to do it again. I can't wait for you to read my next one. So this was a, a longer episode, a longer solo. I had a lot to cover today. It was a juicy one. I hope you took some notes. If you have any questions about it, come on over into the gram and DM me. I'm very communicative in my Instagram. Please share this episode. If anyone you know in your life is interested in becoming an author as well, this hopefully is a podcast they need to hear. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, five stars, a couple sentences as to how this show has helped you. Make sure you're subscribing to the Simply Be podcast. I can't tell you how important that is so that you get updates on all of the great things we're doing. And 
thank you for spending your time with me and learning about all the ins and outs publishing a book and why it's a super highway so let's keep riding let's keep going high and flying because you deserve to be seen in the light because you are the light I love you all so much and I will see you on the next episode of the Simply Be podcast bye guys <laughs>